0: This is Box to Box Stoppage Time with Rob Gilbert and
1: Derek Dyson. Oh,
2: what a goal! For Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day.
1: And Hoyt's Herbs and Spices.
2: Changing the mood of food. Absolutely fantastic!
0: Hello and welcome to Box to Box Stoppage Time. You're with Rob Gilbert, Derek Dyson and Willem van Dendren for a podcast that was spun off from our main show. Where we go through all the highlights of the past week, our teams, our moments of the week, and plenty more. Now, Derek, as we've come to uh, fine tune stoppage time of the uh, of the post uh, uh, modern era, you. Um, you spend a lot of time each week uh, working through uh, who you're going to choose as the game of the week. And I'm just sort of the clock is ticking uh, because you seem to be getting more bullish um, as you were in uh, the main show earlier on in the week about uh, the Gunners' chances are taking all the way. But you couldn't possibly have chosen as the team of the week when uh, we saw the action down at Ellen Road this past week.
2: No, uh, the, the action was uh, pulsating at Ellen Road. Uh, Arsenal's game against Chelsea was... Probably far from what we would call a Premier League classic, but but certainly as an Arsenal fan, it was a, a well a well deserved uh, win and a from a confidence booster point of view to go and win away at one of our biggest rivals. Uh, not somewhere we often go and win uh, was certainly very pleasing from from my point of view. But um, the game of the week was certainly Leeds versus. Bournemouth. Leeds were three one down uh to Bournemouth. They were still being managed by Gary O'Neill, the interim coach. Uh, he's he's now on a bit of a losing bounce. Wonder how long that will be going on for. But the um atmosphere was red hot at Leeds and despite the booing at halftime for Jess- Jesse Marsh and his and his uh outfit, um a twenty two year old substitute called Sam Greenwood's uh l- smashed in a goal from 20 yards out. Liam Cooper, the dependable captain for Leeds, made it a 3 all with a header from a corner. And then that man again, Somerville, a 21-year-old player who I think has now scored in the last three games, did it again um, and uh, sent Ellen Road into absolute delirium. This was uh, a fine game to to have been out Rob I would have thought
0: I was brilliant I mean I I love waking up on Sunday mornings a little bit early uh quite deliberately turning off the notifications on whatsapp in case uh, any enthusiastic friends or uh, family from uh, around the world want to uh, give you spoilers so you can make sure you 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 don't know what the results are and um that game was uh, was it was sort of like the the rocky balboa versus apollo creed sort of hollywood version of a football match wasn't it you know you you, you get the home side going crazy they score early they go, go down they get up off the canvas and they they win in a, an absolute late thriller and you and i were talking off air um about Jesse marsh and and just how many of the you know, to use the, you know, the jargon sort of, uh, you know, buzzword, uh, the haters uh, want to uh, throw shade on him and uh, and uh, sort of ho- hoping for him to, to, to fail. But there's just something about uh, Jesse Marsh that despite the fact that he doesn't sort of uh, you know use all the correct football language on every single occasion and he doesn't have the look of the of the you know the archetypal football uh, manager in in a in the technical area and you know his greatest sin of course to have an American accent uh, you just sort of feel like you're barracking for him to do well aren't you
2: yeah I certainly am I think it's great to have people represented uh, in managers from across, from across the league with spent a lot of the main box-to-box show talking about the progress that uh, Australian managers have made, and they certainly haven't um, had it anywhere near the the level of resistance that uh, the the North American managers, particularly those from the USA, have had in English football. There is definitely a, a huge snobbery around it. I don't think Ted Lasso, that series, I don't think that, is, uh, that has helped particularly. um and yeah, he does come across as a slightly, he uses a few phrases that you might hear from a gridiron coach or something like that. But there's no doubt that, uh, he, he motivates this team. He is finding ways to get the best out of this, best out of this team and none more so than, uh, Somerville himself. I won't try and do his full name cause it's a, it's a mouthful, but he's a Dutch, uh, professional footballer, soon by, um, uh, from his parents. But, um, he scored three very important goals, including that that winner at uh, Anfield. He's played at every level of Dutch youth team football. And I'm sure Willem uh, on this uh, show is uh, probably keeping an eye on him with the Dutch heritage, Hey, eh, Willem? And uh, have you uh, got a, a, um, a game of the week there?
1: Uh, I don't have a game of the week out of the A-League. I do have a, a team out of the week. And most definitely I'm uh, keeping an eye on him, Derek, one of the, uh, the number of sort of lighter fleet-footed Dutch attackers who I think hopefully shape the future of that national team and they can move away from your sort of uh, bog standard number nine in vote in, veghorst in who they play there. So yeah, I definitely think the uh, the lighter Dutch front line is, uh, is a better look. Uh, from a, a domestic perspective, as I said, none of the A-League matches were particularly uh, gripping in terms of both teams coming to the party. But for the team of the week, could have gone with... Uh, could have gone with Melbourne Victory 4 0 winners. Could have gone with Melbourne City 4 0 winners. The Mariners 3 0 winners. Uh, but I've gone for Brisbane Raw just because if we don't go for them now, we probably won't go for them ever because they're not uh, often in the sun too often these days. Uh, but 3 0 winners over Sydney FC. Uh, and it came out of nowhere having gone nil all, 2 0 losers, 1 all, and nil all this season. All pretty dour. But yeah, as I said, 3 0 and it clicked for them. Uh, big season, Rob, I think for. For Warren Moon and for Carl Vied at Adelaide, uh, both of those guys got their got their jobs in the the peak of COVID. Robbie Fowler left Brisbane Roar, uh, and we were scratching around really for Australian managers. Uh, Warren led them to finals in that last little mini season in the uh, in the middle of 2020, 11th last year. So this is really going to be the make or break season to see if he uh, is up to it as a as a professional coach. Uh, and this was a a very much needed result three uh, nil over Sydney. And I think in coming weeks we're going to have a big watch on. Uh, on Steve Corica's new era at, uh, at Sydney FC. Has he properly revitalised them? Uh, not too sure. Just coming on to a spot uh, in the six at the minute. So they are my team of the week, uh, the Raw.
0: Team of the week, uh, Derek. Um, they uh, they certainly uh, gave it to their old manager when he turned up. Um, I think uh, this one uh, definitely deserves uh, um, a, a nice uh, spruik from you.
2: Yeah, I think I've actually selected Brighton and Hove Albion To give them their full title, of course, we can just call them Brighton. But uh, yeah, we picked them out last week as a honourable mention for their win uh, over Graham Potter's uh, Chelsea. But they followed that win up again with a a win away at Wolves. Now, the Wolves aren't in the best of form. Uh, They've got a new manager coming in. We can talk about him potentially in a moment. But um, Brighton still remains sixth in the Premier League. The wins are now starting to come uh they went um uh 1-0 up but then went 2-1 down after uh, a goal from Adam Milano got the opener for uh, for Brighton and then Guedes and Ruben Neves put uh Wolves 2-1 up but um Japan international Mits- Mitoma uh got an equalizer just before the break Wolves weren't helped by a uh dismissal uh from Samedo uh there but um but Gross, that um, very adaptable German midfielder, number eight, whatever you'd like him to be, uh, did the job. And as I said, they're back up at six. six Zerbi, didn't know much about him before he came into the Premier League, but seems to be making his um, his stamp on the league. And yeah, while we saw a lot of big Premier League teams struggling this weekend, whether it be uh, United, um uh, Spurs and, and Chelsea all losing. Brighton Brighton have got another win, so fair play.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I know uh, long term listeners to this show will remember uh, back in the 2015 16 season when Leicester were uh, famously uh, making that incredible one and going on to win the title. We uh, we had uh, uh, a young guy on who had been the former manager at Brighton and Hove Albion, and uh, there wasn't even a consideration back then that they were a contender uh, uh, to, to make it into the top flight. But to see them as uh, as a, as a regular and and strong performer in that sort of mid-table range uh, sort of uh, making um, the, uh, the all the right moves to, to, to sit in the top half for the better half of the season. to Serbi, he's not a, a, you know, an Azzurri uh, a legend of, of great repute. He was a, a journeyman player in his own right to, to be plucked out. Uh, there's just something reassuring about these Italian managers on the sideline, as exaggerated and as colourful as they are, Willem. Uh, uh, you just sort of get a feeling that they, they know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, and he's had an interesting uh, journey personally as well. He was at Shakhtar Donetsk and obviously was... Uh... Well, chose to leave during the the great exodus from the uh, from the nation, not just in terms of uh, footballing stock, but uh, but uh, from a humanitarian point of view as well. So uh, he had to that set him back quite a little bit as well. Deservey, he spent quite a bit of a uh, quite a period without a job. So good to see that he has got his career back on track and he's followed on the legacy that uh, that Potter. Uh, put in place because that was some, some excellent foundation that Potter put in place and it would have been a real waste if uh, it had been ripped up or if someone hadn't have been able to make the most of it. So good science all around at the Amex.
2: Yeah, yeah and obviously we mentioned the, the new Wolves manager as well, Julian Lopetegui. Uh, you know, for those that um, think that name rings a bell, he's just been the Seville uh, boss and people will recall uh, he was doing a fine job at the national side for uh, Spain leading into. World Cup twenty eighteen and then they announced, I think Real announced before the tournament started that he was in fact gonna to go to Real and then he got sacked. Um, didn't take um Spain to that tournament. I'm trying to remember, was it Hierro that ended up taking Spain in that tournament? And uh, he went to Real Madrid and of course buggered it up, got um sacked inside a few games, you know. You just thought it's just going bad to worse for Lopategui, but he did come back to Seville. Was doing some pretty good stuff there, but um, their form wasn't good at the start of this season. But we know that Wolves have been uh, searching for him for a while. I think he was offered the job back in 2017-18. Didn't get it, didn't take it at that time. But he has, after turning this job down once, he has now taken the job and what a job he's got now. I think there's a, a lot that he needs to uh, to sort out of that club. So good luck to Julen. We'll uh, see how he gets on.
0: Yeah, he um, what a story that was back. Yeah, it doesn't seem four, four years ago when that all blew up around the the World Cup in Russia. But uh, to to see him uh, down at the Molina, uh, uh trying to uh, to to re, uh, re-boot the um the Premier League hopes of Wolves, who sort of seemed destined to be swallowing out of control. jeez if he could have uh, uh, picked himself a harder task, I'm not sure what. It would have been right now in uh, in world football. Uh, now your moment of the week, Derek. Look, um, you you went down to uh, the um, the lower reaches of the, the pyramid, not quite. But this week, um, it's an FA. Cup first round match that you plucked out. So, so set this one up for us. I mean, you, I know you watch a lot of football. You, Where well, you can, you're a busy man. I know uh, family and business and all the rest of it. But football is our outlet, and uh, and and you've just plucked this one out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. So it's the magic time of the season, Roberts. The first round proper of the FA Cup has started. For our listeners, there are many, many other rounds of the FA Cup that goes way back into the start of the season. But this is when some of the professional teams, league football teams generally start emerging into the draw. And the pick of those was the match between Cheltenham uh, and uh, Alvechurch. So Cheltenham uh, in uh, league League one in, uh, you know, and, I, and a professional team of uh, their own standing. And Alvechurch, I had to look up Alvechurch. I'd never as a location. It's somewhere in Worcestershire, just south of, Birmingham, it is a it is a village team, and they're in the Southern Premier Division Central. And uh, you know, we talk about well, uh, sorry, we we'll talk about FA Cup shocks, and often it's a lower league team taking out a big Premier League scout, but it can also be a, a you know a totally amateur team taking out a team of professionals from from uh, League One. And uh, Alf Church went to went to Cheltenham um, and and won, won the game uh, 2-1. They were in fact 2-0 up thanks to two goals from Danny Waldron. Uh, uh, Cheltenham got a goal back to give themselves some hope, but there were 1,500 fans from the Worcestershire village of Alf Church um, going absolutely berserk. Um, they're now in the second round of the FA Cup and if they get another win, and it is a big if, if they get another win, they go into the third round, and of course that is when the likes of uh, Manchester City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, United will all start coming into the draw. So, can they just eke out uh, one one uh, victory more to get there? But it's a, it's a fabulous story, and I know that everyone in Australia I think loves the fact, loves this FA Cup, loves the fact it just pits. All sorts of uh unknown teams and causes plenty of upsets so
1: just get, probably get
0: the result Rob next of the uh size of our church football club to just give us a few of the the stats around you know the size of their stadium and uh, and and the division that they're actually in mate. I mean I think this puts it into a little more context
2: well first of all William, I got your joke there the praying joke that was uh, what Sorry. was noted uh, even though uh even though I don't think I think I washed over our, our friend Rob there. Uh, uh but uh yeah, Alf Church now, football. Give it Club. To
0: me again. okay. I'm sure other people who are listening to this podcast just hit the fifteen second rewind button, but Willem uh, because I wasn't paying it as much attention as I should have, just sort of, you know, give me your Willem Van Dender and dad joke.
1: Oh, I just said they pray that they get the good result and get Manchester City in the next round, Rob.
0: Oh, yeah, that was very funny. Uh, I mean, very I, average I guess and even poorer for right. being
1: drawn out and dissected on the table. Derek, back to you. Well, they are called The Church. That is the, nick- that is the nickname.
2: I did go to the Wikipedia page. It's quite a sparse affair there. Um, there's only two players on their Wikipedia page that hyperlink, and you know it's getting bad when when none of their team are, when, uh, merits a, a wiki page themselves. And when you look at the result on Google, there's no badge. It's just that kind of light grey colour. So you know you're low down in the the league. They were founded in 1929. The ground is called Lye Meadow, which is a 3,000-capacity stadium of which 250 of those uh, people can sit. And as we said before, they're in the Southern League Premier Division Central. So I think this is the seventh tier of football. I think there was at least 96 places between the two sides it's um it's, it's
0: a great story. It was the, the foundation of the pyramid, so to speak?
2: Oh, I mean, under the sand, you know in down down in the tomb somewhere this is this is it, you know, they're probably paying the the dog and duck pub and and and, and anyone else that might be down there, but look it's um it's a fabulous story, and that's what we like to see on box to box.
0: Okay, well, we'll watch this space. Uh, now that you've brought them up, um, we're expecting a, a regular update on how they go. Um, probably get knocked out in the next round. But, hey, we will watch them and uh, watch um, their progression. Hopefully there will be a progression. All right, the hot topic of the week, we go from one extreme to the other, from uh, uh, Lime Meadow, the uh, the church, to the New Camp, uh, and the retirement of uh, uh, a legend. Well, he, I think he qualifies, doesn't he, Derek?
2: Oh, almost certainly, uh, Gerard PK. I mean, he is really one of the last players. I think Busquets might be the the only other one from that Guardiola team, which is uh, slowly um, retired, melted away, dismantled, however you want to call it. But when you recall that Barcelona team, whether it be Valdez in goal, Puyol partnering uh, Gerard Piquet in the centre of defence, and of course Xavi, Eniesta, Messi, you know, uh, Busquets, that, that was the team so pk goes um given a standing ovation in his final game at the new camp of their 2-0 win over almira uh xavi read the room or read the stadium and brought him off with a few minutes to go tearful embraces from his teammates he's 35 years old Uh, there is one more game to go before the world cup he is available but the feeling is uh that as the fifth choice defender they they were able to slide him into this game to give him give him the send-off that that he wanted and deserved and as we said on the of the main box to box show this was a player that won everything uh in the game he had a brief spell at manchester united before returning to his beloved barcelona where he is um an outspoken member of that team he's uh Played over six hundred games, thirty trophies, eight La Liga titles, three Champions League, seven Coppa del Rey, but um, you know the timing is interesting. I don't, you don't normally have players um, leaving in the middle of the season, but maybe this is this is the World Cup factor again. We're almost playing two seasons, and he's probably looking at it, going, "Well, I'm not getting a game, I'm not going to the World Cup," so. Um, this is probably my opportunity to to sign off at, um, at you know as, as a higher point as I can, given all the tumult um, that has gone through the club in, in 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 recent years. And he said, "You know me. Sooner or later, I'll be back. Long live Barca." So he will be back like the Terminator, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I noticed um, you, you you sort of make the prediction that uh, he'll he'll sort of drift off into. Um... Maybe the USA, um, somewhere in the major major league football, major league soccer, uh, uh, sort of environments, and um, and sort of uh, uh, craft a return to one day become the president of the club is that um, a prediction that you're willing to put um, a few pesos on?
2: Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, he, you know, they certainly like that at Barcelona of of all the clubs. They generally bring bring back legends. It's a very political club. He's a very political guy. He he obviously has all of his interests outside of Barcelona as well. I think he owns Andorra, the Andorran Football Club, I think. So there's plenty of things to do. I've just inadvertently realised that I retired him from international football as well. And the same way that the Australian Open about three or four years ago retired Andrew Murray uh, from, uh, for, from his career, despite then going on and playing a little, eking a little bit more out of his broken body. But Apparently, he is potentially going to make the Spain squad, according to net. I don't know if that's a credible source, but I had to quickly look it up and go, has he retired? But maybe he will have a swan song in Qatar. But yeah, I think with PK, he's got big plans. This is not a, a guy who will just sit on the beach and enjoy his time. I think he's shown that he's interested in business. He's interested in new projects. So. Um, no doubt he will He will be back in um, some way or form. And Willem, you've uh, got a contribution before we move on from
0: uh, the...
1: Uh... Yes, I've, I've got a hot topic and then I want to double back uh, for a moment if I can take the time. But my hot topic is Scottish teams in Europe. Champions League campaigns for both Celtic and Rangers are both complete and they have come to just the meagre two points uh, between the two of them. Uh, Derek, Celtic look likely to win the league again, having moved out now to a six-point lead after Rangers lost to St. Johnston 2-1. How does Scottish football break this cycle? The only way that you can get better is to expose yourself to the level time and again and to roll on and to make the Champions League year on year. Uh, Celtic can do that for their part. They can take care of what they can do and hopefully we will be back there next season. But Rangers won't be there because, you know, well, they might. Okay, what am I trying to say? Uh, Last year was a bit of a one-off given that they they progressed through the uh, Europa League. So how do you break the cycle when you need more than one position in the Champions League but your performance uh, certainly doesn't merit uh, an expansion in allocation?
2: Yeah, look, I think, yeah, the way I've been looking at this one is, yeah, that look, particularly Rangers performed pretty poorly. I mean, we were more focused on Celtic in this tournament, weren't we? And albeit they were comfortably be beaten in games like particularly Real Madrid at Celtic Park springs to mind where, I think they took the lead, but um, Madrid absolutely walloped them and the golf was there. But we've got to remember that uh, Rangers and Celtic both struggled to qualify for this stage of the Champions League. The fact that they're actually there is like a minor miracle, particularly the way Rangers got through the the qualifying. it's It's not easy. I think Celtic had the benefit of actually being Put straight into this group because of the Scottish coefficient, because of what Rangers or and, and themselves had, had potentially done in another European tournaments. But uh, yeah, the golf is there, as you said. The struggle is real. Uh, it could be better for them just to remember, you know, potentially do what Arsenal have been doing. Uh, you know, in the Europa League, actually, you know, playing against teams that are a little bit more at their level uh, rather than just being being hammered. Because obviously now that they leave, you know, leave as bottom of groups, they don't get to drop in, even into Europa League, do they? They go out, so that is the end of European football in November for for both of them. So now it's um it's Catch Twenty Two, uh, 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 Willem. Because yeah, that they, they you know I think they will have learned. I think um, Ange said, you know, we didn't, you know, we never, we weren't going to win the Champions League, but. We'll learn. will learn from all the games. Albeit, I think he felt disappointed by um, Celtic's campaign overall. But you know, ultimately, I think Celtic and Rangers, if they can even make the group stage, it's a great money spinner for them. It's just very difficult because they're coming in as you know lower lower seeds. They've often got one or two major European clubs there, and oh, it's, it's it's
1: it's painful. I think the only way that it can improve is to get exposure to better sides week on week, their improvements actually are going to come from sides three to 10 in the Scottish premiership, challenging them on a more consistent basis. And we know that with the, Mm. uh, the English league sitting right there, sucking any half decent talent out of it, uh, that becomes very difficult as well. So they're in a, a really interesting sort of twisted ecosystem, the Scottish, uh, the Scottish football system. They, uh, Yeah, as you say, it's catch 22 and it just seems like the cycle uh, isn't going to break. And if I can just touch on my moment, uh, I'm going to head over to Wellington between uh, the Phoenix and MacArthur. It was a minute's applause on 30 minutes to mourn the passing of Ulysses Davia's late wife, Lily, uh, who who passed in May. Obviously, he was a star and and the captain at Wellington, uh, Davia. This was the first time the two sides had met uh, since Lily's passing. He wasn't on the pitch. He's been on the couch for the last little bit. Uh, He has played this season, but yeah, he was on the couch for this one and he tweeted, from home, I'm in tears. I have no words for this gesture. Thanks, Wellington Phoenix, the players, and the people behind this. Love and respect for me and my family. You were the best, Lily Rob. So a, uh, a tragic story, but one very ha- uh, classily handled uh, by both MacArthur and now Davia's former club in Wellington.
0: All right, boys. Well, look, why don't we put uh, the queue in the rack on that note? Um, you know, as sad as it is, it's a positive story. Um, uh, we'll get back together next week, and um, and look, it'll be the the final round of the the major. All competitions over and done with, uh, we'll be uh, parking uh, the uh, the football uh, bus in, uh, in in its uh, parking bay and getting ready for for the big tournament. And then we'll know the squads that have been announced, and uh, it'll all get super exciting. I guess we just, as you said, uh, Derek, when we're pondering on the the, uh, the complexity of this World Cup, um, we will
2: enjoy the football. I'm sure we will enjoy the football, and I'll enjoy it more if Arsenal can win away at Wolves and. Win their mid season championship. Oh, I'm looking Christmas. forward to Top
1: of World Cup, top of World Cup. Top of World yeah. Cup,
2: top of Christmas. I'm looking forward to us raising the trophy aloft at Molyneux for the half season championship.
0: <laughs> Good on you, mate. Thank you, Derek. Thank you, Willem. Thank you, Roberto. Thank you. And thank you, Damien Tardio, for uh, your great efforts, uh, my friend. And Edge, shout out to you. uh The clock is ticking, not much time. We know you're listening and enjoying the shows so we're putting up while you're away. I'm sure we'll talk to you during the course of the World Cup. So thank you once again to all of our listeners for tuning in. Please subscribe to Box to Box, Box to Box Stoppage Times you've just done, and box to box offside wherever you get your podcast. Tweet us at Box to Box NTS and follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook and join us throughout the week as our podcast drop and we go from one end of the pitch to the other in the world game.